0: Welcome to the Leaders in Payments podcast, where we talk to C-level leaders from across the payments landscape. We'll be discussing the products and services that impact the payment space today, as well as trends and predictions for the future of payments. We will also hear stories from our guests about their journeys to the top. The combination of our super messenger for brands and then a super wallet for consumers that goes beyond paying more easily, more safely in these environments. We actually want the super wallets to fundamentally help consumers be more empowered with their data to be able to use their credentials just about everywhere, and then be able to also build up their credentials and credibility so that they can take control of their personal financial management. That was
1: Will Graylin, the CEO of OV Loop and Indigo, and he is our special guest this week. This is episode 95 of the Leaders in Payments podcast, and I'm your host, Greg Myers. And hey, before we get started, if you happen to office in Houston, Austin, or North Texas, check out Fuse Workspace, where their mission is to help others do more. Check them out at fuseworkspace.com. Okay, back to the show. Will immigrated to the U.S. from China when he was a teenager. He got his undergrad degree from the University of Washington, became a nuclear submarine officer for five and a half years, and then went to Boston for his grad school at MIT. OV Loop is a connected commerce platform that has a solution for brands and businesses called a super messenger and a solution for consumers called a super wallet. We are living in a very fragmented environment when it comes to commerce and we need to get to a more connected environment, which is the problem OV Loop is addressing. Over the last three years, they have bought four companies and are launching a minimal viable product next quarter to both businesses and consumers. Will also touched on the other company he is currently running called Indigo Technologies, which is creating a lightweight electric vehicle. This is a fascinating and thought provoking episode, so let's get started. Hi, Will. Thank you for being here and welcome to the Leaders in Payments podcast.
0: My pleasure. Thank you for having me.
1: Absolutely. So let's dive right in. Tell our audience a little bit about yourself, maybe where you grew up, where you went to school, where you currently live, a few things like that.
0: Sure. So I grew up in uh, the Pacific Northwest after arriving from China as a teenager, an immigrant. Our whole family immigrated after the Cultural Revolution. And spent undergrad there and then became a nuclear submarine officer for five and a half years stationed out of Bangor, Washington, and came out to the East Coast for my grad school at MIT and had a couple of master's degrees back in the late 90s and caught the entrepreneurial bug. And um, I have now, I guess I'm currently on my fifth and sixth company. My last four were all acquired by large publicly traded companies, and um, I'm currently the CEO of OV Loop as well as the CEO of Indigo Technologies, and uh, having a great time here in Boston. Still, twenty some odd years after we, uh, my family and I, came over here, and yeah, just still uh, very excited about, and passionate about the tech entrepreneur space, and particularly where fintech insure tech and even mobility tech is intersecting
1: okay just quick follow-up question why do you think you became an entrepreneur was there a a family who owned a business or how did you catch that bug
0: actually both my parents were artists my father was a professor of fine arts and a painter brilliant artist and my mother was a professional ballerina when she was younger So none of that in my immediate family's genes, so it must have maybe skipped generation. Both my brother and I ended up becoming entrepreneurs, and he's uh, currently the president of HTC in China. And he's been on the entrepreneurial path, and I've been on the entrepreneurial path. Frankly, I didn't know what I was going to do until I was in the middle of trying to finish my thesis and got brought into a startup company. To think about how to leverage their technology and how to find a product market fit into the marketplace, and that was where I found my passion. Instead of being a consultant or work for a large, um, large company that was recruiting out of MIT at the time, I took that leap and never looked back.
1: Okay, okay. Well, let's talk about OV Loop. So, tell the audience what OV Loop does.
0: So OV Loop is a connected commerce platform, and it has a solution for brands and businesses called the Super Messenger to help them create better customer experiences and conversions and take all of the fragmented channels that they're currently conducting commerce in, whether it's uh, the physical side to email, web, app, social, Call centers, chat centers, take all of those different channels that individually are commerce channels themselves, but are fairly fragmented, and then connect them with a better experience with what we call interactive offers and interactive invoices and bills. So that customers can get their questions answered if they have any about a product, receive their bills and offers and being able to pay. And not just pay by entering their data, but also pay with a super wallet, meaning a super wallet that can truly store all of their credentials, let them own and control the data. Each wallet is individually encrypted by their own derived keys so that they are the master of their own destiny and our admins cannot access it. Right now, you know, as you know, our data is spread all over the place. So, the combination of our super messenger for brands and then a super wallet for consumers that goes beyond paying more easily, more safely in these environments. We actually want the super wallets to fundamentally help consumers be more empowered with their data to be able to use their credentials just about everywhere and then be able to also build up their credentials and credibility so that they can take control of their personal financial management and be able to have a truly a digital wallet that can work on their phones, that can tap and pay in physical environments, that can work in app, in online as well as in message. And that keeps their data safer, more secure, and gives them the convenience to interact and transact with those that they want to. So that's what O V Loop is doing. It's really a connected commerce platform.
1: Okay. So can you give us sort of a use case for the technology?
0: Sure, sure. So when I use the term connected commerce, I should probably backtrack a little bit to say that the old days when I first got into payments, we're primarily talking about in-store commerce with leather wallets, right? And then in the late 90s, we got into online commerce, with online wallets like PayPal and Amazon OneClick and so forth. And then when mobile devices came, we had in-app commerce, mobile commerce, including people like Square and Rome Data, and so forth, and, uh, and then mobile wallets like Samsung Pay and Apple Pay and, and Google Pay and so forth. Well, now the next really evolution is what we call in-message connected commerce with super wallets. So in-message connected commerce, meaning that people can send you interactive bills, interactive offers, that doesn't just drive you back to, hey, go and log into my uh, website and pay the bill and navigate self-service or call this 800 number and go to customer service. But truly, this is a hybrid assisted service, rich interactive message that allows me to see the bill, hit pay if I wanted to pay pay with my super wallet, uh, with my biometric fingerprint or biometric authentication. And of course, if I have any questions, instead of calling 800 number, there's live chat that allows me to interact, solve my problems. They know who I am, all without leaving that screen, all without leaving the message. So in-message commerce is not necessarily new in places like China, because if you go to China, everybody uses WeChat and WeChat Pay. We're talking about you know, physical payments, online payments, bill payments, ordering your taxi cab. Everything is done with WeChat and WeChat Pay. But when you come to the United States and many most of the rest of the world, that infrastructure layer is not set up. And everybody is this fragmentation of how people interact, how people transact. There is no universal messaging in the United States, as you know. Our most popular messenger is email and text, so it's very fragmented, and there's no universal wallet. Apple pays for Apple users, Samsung pays for Samsung users, Google pays for other Android users, and it's just very fragmented. So I saw the opportunity after selling Samsung or selling Blue to Samsung, and after spending three years as the global co-GM of Samsung Pay, I've recognized that. We are still very much in a fragmented environment when it comes to commerce, and we need to get to a more connected environment. And we need a messaging layer that sits on top of our existing messengers like email and text message and and so forth. And to be able to have this next level of experience for brands to better interact and transact with their customers and for consumers. To be able to uh, really take charge of their own identity, their own credentials, which today, frankly, as you know, Greg, it's all over the place. Our credentials are, are flatly all over the place. So we wanted to solve that problem. And we know that it's super ambitious to solve this problem. That's why it's taken us three years and we've acquired four different companies and we're putting all of the building blocks together and we're getting ready to launch this coming quarter, next quarter. So, getting the minimum viable product of our platform finally launched to both um, businesses that are out there, in terms of both banks, brands, retailers, billers. Uh, so, we have a solution for them. And then at the same time, we have a solution for consumers to be able to use our super wallet for easier, safer payments every day.
1: Okay. So as a consumer, I would go to one of the app stores and have to download the app, right?
0: Yes, but most likely you'll be able to be exposed to the super wallet, even inside of somebody else's e-commerce message or their billing message. So you don't have to download the app to have an account on your own private crypto vault, but we're basically creating a private crypto vault for each individual that lets them use their data across anybody who sends them basically messages, what we call concierge commerce messages, these three-in-one messages that I just described. And you should be able to use that to pay in an in-message environment. But we certainly would want you to download the OV Loop app as well, because the OV Loop app gives you a lot more So that you can, in fact, not just store your payment cards or your bank accounts, but you can also then scan in your ID, your membership, put all of your password, password hints. You can put your crypto keys in there, your your NFTs if you wanted to. We want you to have a safe place that you can put into a secure private crypto vault that belongs to you. And we leveraged basically the latest cryptographic technology that are used by some of the biggest blockchain applications that are out there. So we use the BIP32, the BIP39 protocols to create a unique digital private crypto vault for each individual user so that you can use it on your iOS, you can use it on your Android, you can use it on your PC, you pull it from the cloud, it's backed up with your own mnemonic phrases, security, basically secret security phrases for you to back it up we cover it onto different devices just in case you lose the device so that capability not only creates a container for the consumer to store all of their data but we provide you with the means to use it so coming from the mobile wallet side we're also a token requester so that we can let you tap and pay with your phone at nfc locations we're also coming out with a super card that allows you to transmit those tokens onto a supercard that lets you tap and pay at 94% of existing point-of-sale terminals, including the old Magstripe point-of-sale terminals or waiters that come and want to take your card. Instead of uh, giving them your card that could be skimmed, you could just give them this little supercard called the valet, and then they can take it out back and transmit one-time-use token. can't be skimmed and re- reused. And by the way, we're gonna allow these valets to, to do all sorts of things to let you even send your business card and let you help you find your keys or find your phones with this IoT supercard. So that's the physical payment space. And then for online and remote payments, we're building out our super wallet for you to be able to to have secure payments in the online environment as well. We'll even let you have a tokenized, tokenized card that you can Load money onto and use as a proxy card, so you don't have to give your actual card away just in case it gets skimmed. And the dynamic CVV would change to give you control of your virtual card from your super wallet, so that you can control who can uh, use your card out there, whether it's a single-use merchant or even a lot of these subscriptions. We want you to be able to have control over the subscriptions that are out there if you want to cancel the subscription you can use our solution to cancel as well so that's part of the value proposition that we see we needed to provide for our super wallet users
1: okay and you mentioned earlier you're also running another company do you want to take a minute and talk about that one a little bit
0: yes so part of this transition to the super wallet is primarily to empower individuals that sometimes they need better financial literacy, they need better ability to not only control their data, but also build their trust score, their credit score, their even driving score. So what we've recognized, especially during this past year with COVID, is that we have an accelerated demand for those who are driving for us, the gig economy drivers. In fact, 1099 workers are growing in droves as more and more people work from home. They're able to leverage their skills to work for society. But a lot of them need to be better empowered. So what we're building towards empowerment of these gig economy drivers is we want them to not only have Better ways to understand their own unit economics when it comes to driving. I'll take the Uber, Lyft, DoorDash, Instacart type of Amazon Flex type of drivers that are out there working. Many of them don't understand their own cost per mile. They don't understand depreciation of the vehicle, how much their insurance, finance cost, how much when you add up the fuel and maintenance costs. It all equates to in terms of. How many cents per mile are you paying? And the average American is paying about 50 cents or more per mile with their vehicles. So what we're doing at OV is we're working with some of the largest insurance companies to provide data and to let consumers opt in and to be able to see their own driving cost and to see their own driving scores. And by putting that capability inside of our OV Loop app, if you now join OV Loop, you now join this trusted commerce community where you can see what your driving cost is. Just enter your you know your information. And then you can also understand what your driving score is and how to improve it. And if you can take your driving score and if you're willing to share it with an insurance company, you could get a much lower rate for your insurance, for example. And if you're willing to share your trust score, your driving score with a rental company, you could potentially reduce your cost of renting a vehicle because you are a safe driver and you're credit worthy and so forth. So we believe that mobility as a service is absolutely the direction that the world is going to move towards and Ovi Loop is already moving in that direction by empowering consumers and by providing them with the tools for them to build up these credibility and drive. So we are working hand in hand with my other company called Indigo towards sustainable mobility as a service. Now what do I mean by sustainable mobility as a service? So now I'm going to talk about Indigo technologies a little bit. I've invested in Indigo now, I think over four years, I joined your board. It was started by Professor Ian Hunter out of MIT. And I took over as uh, CEO in January of of, uh, 2020, right around the same time as you started your podcast. And what I saw was that we were finally ready at Indigo to create a true breakthrough for the mobility industry, especially moving towards electric vehicles. Now, I'm a big electric vehicle proponent, and I owned a Chevy Volt when it first came out. I was one of the first ones to get a Tesla. I've now owned four Teslas. And while I love my Tesla, the reality is vast majority of people that I was just referring to, these are the people that are driving for us, Uh, whether it's giving us rides or whether it's delivering food packages or groceries to us, they can't afford Vehicles like a Tesla. And in Mm -hmm. fact, even my Tesla, not only is it too expensive, it's too heavy. It weighs close to 5,000 pounds. The average vehicle in America weighs about 4,000 pounds. And you're asking, well, why in the world would you deliver somebody's Chipotle in an SUV? It -hmm. makes no sense when the average person weighs less than 200 pounds and whether you're commuting or delivering packages. 90 plus percent of the energy used in moving a vehicle is now, you're talking about wasted on just carrying the carcass of the vehicle alone. So it's highly inefficient. And when you take that level of inefficiency and you move it onto the grid, our grid is already strained. You saw what happened in Texas last winter or earlier this year. And California is constantly having brownouts and And now you want to talk about moving millions of vehicles onto the grid that waste energy carrying heavy vehicle frames. So we said you have to go lighter. You have to go much more efficient. In fact, vehicles themselves should be treated like home appliances. Shouldn't they be treated like home appliances? I mean, we have energy star ratings on our washers, dryers, refrigerators, right? And if you're going to plug into the home or to the grid, you should have efficiency ratings. But the only way that you can reduce the energy use is you have to make these vehicles much, much lighter, 1,500 pounds rather than 4,000 pounds. But when you go light, unfortunately, we're still dealing with the old passive suspension systems that are 100 years old. The springs and struts, dampeners, they basically make lightweight vehicles feel like toys. They make them feel like bouncy golf carts. And frankly, most Americans are not ready to go backwards in terms of comfort. They don't want to go back in terms of handling. So, this invention coming from Indigo Technologies called the robotic wheels is the first of its kind to have an electric motor that not only creates propulsion inside of each wheel, but also allows the wheel to move up and down based on the electrical energy that's used and how it senses the road conditions and how it senses the movement of the vehicle. So in other words, you can have a magic carpet ride in a lightweight vehicle that weighs 1,500 pounds or less. That means a third the weight, a third the energy usage, a third the battery capacity needed, a third the charging time on a level two standard charger. All of these are fantastic when you can reduce the amount of steel, copper, aluminum, the amount of lithium mining that has to be done for each vehicle to do the same work, right? To deliver the the food, the passengers, the people. So that we thought was a breakthrough and that needed to happen in order for us to really lower the cost of these vehicles and not only to lower the upfront cost to $20,000 or less for an electric vehicle. Right now the average electric vehicle is 55,000. So even the Model 3 is, you know, 40 some odd thousand. So we want a vehicle that is sub $20,000 and purposely built for people doing their jobs, delivering packages, foods, delivering people. So that's what we ended up doing and there's a recent announcement that we just sent out last week some additional funding that we raised We've now collectively raised more than 100 million on Indigo Technologies, and we're looking to deliver and build these three-wheel as well as four-wheel vehicles. The three-wheel is more of like a delivery pod. Yes, it goes 75, 80 miles an hour on the freeway. Feels super smooth, and it's really designed for the delivery drivers. It's got a center seat so that you can have two sliding doors on each side, so you can get out on either side. You don't have to get out on the left side where you're double parked and worried about getting clipped or, you know, clipping a bicyclist on the other side. So very, very efficient to, um, to help these drivers get their jobs done uh, much more cost effectively in terms of lower fuel cost or electricity cost and uh, much more efficiently so that they can get more done per hour. So that's the delivery pod, And then after that, we have a four wheel, what's called micro limo. That has that magic carpet ride as well, and we see that there's a huge future for robotic wheel-powered, ultra-efficient EVs that are out there. So Indigo's focused on getting those out to market, while OV Loop is focused on well, even at twenty thousand dollars, it's still not affordable for most of these drivers who have very either low credit score and some of them have no credit scores. Right? Can they afford it? So. They're driving used cars right now, so the real competition is actually the used cars that they're currently driving. The gas guzzlers. Ninety-nine percent of gig economy drivers are all driving used gas guzzlers. We this. So, how do we replace those used gas guzzlers with something that's more affordable? Well, the only way to do it is you leverage fintech and insurtech, and that's where OV Loop comes in with the OV Super Wallet to understand the individual to empower them if they're a good driver, to give them the ability to finance that vehicle, for them to rent, whether it's for a shift or for a week, for a month. We want to give them the tools for them to earn a living and to be productive and to improve their personal financial health. So that is why the two actually have synergies tying together, but they're two independent companies that... In Indigo, in fact, are going to build more and more vehicles in this way, and even license its own technology for robotic wheels to other OEMs. And OV Loop is going to enable masses amount of people that want a private, secure super wallet that they can control their own credentials, and they can even monetize their own credentials, and then also help brands interact and transact with their customers much easier and faster. So there is a intersection between OV Loop and Indigo. But the two are both what I feel is societal impactful companies and I'm excited about both.
1: Okay, so with OV Loop, do you have any competitors out there and if you do, what makes you different or better?
0: Great question. And the answer is yes, of course you have competitors. You have lots of competitors but they're all competing in pieces of the equation, right? Some of them are saying, hey, I'll give you a a better chat solution. Some of them are saying, hey, I have a wallet over here, but my wallet only works online. Or my wallet only works on this type of phone or that type of phone. And my wallet only works on this tender type. What we're seeing is we went the extra mile and we said, you know what? We need to have a solution that really works across channels, across devices, across tender types, and it should really help businesses go across their existing channels, both on the front end, as well as their back end. Don't forget, they have both front end of all these channels and they have back end, whether it's their CRM, their billing system their ERP systems, their call center solution systems. We want to be able to help bridge that. So we've been working very hard to bridge those gaps. And One of our first launches coming out next quarter is going to be for Shopify customers. So through one of our partners, we've integrated into Shopify so that we can help these Shopify merchants very, very easily create and send a three-in-one commerce messages to all of their customers and to make it much better customer experience, better conversion, better lifetime value. So what differentiates us is that we actually went ambitious enough to put all of these pieces together, where the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. And we have patents around some of our core technology. From our payment technology, we actually acquired a company called SimplyTap, who invented what's called host card emulation. For tap and pay. So that particular technology is now patented and some very big players had to license this technology. And we own this technology, and that's one of our patents, one of our many patents in our portfolio. We also just got granted our multi-mode messaging protocol to have some of the capabilities that I talked to you about earlier. And that multi-mode patent is now granted and part of our portfolio. We have voice authentication patents. We have patents around insuretech on how to leverage our solution with insurance to do attribution of miles for drivers. So there's a bunch of portfolio of, of IP that we brought together to create this more holistic platform. And I know a lot of people, and typically a lot of VCs will say, well, are you trying to boil the ocean? You're trying to do something so big. And why don't you just focus on one narrow niche and do that? And I have been doing that in my career so far, is is to create solutions that are either products or features. And to solve the problem that I had mentioned to you earlier, we really needed to put together not only necessary ingredients, but also sufficient ingredients so that we can put that entire experience together to create this connected commerce platform with a super messenger for brands and a super wallet for, uh, for consumers. So that's a little bit of why we believe our solution is so much more powerful. And we're not doing it just to sell more ads, like some companies are, or just to sell more uh, of their own products. We are doing this truly to provide a connected commerce platform to make it easier and safer for businesses, and consumers to interact and transact.
1: Okay. And I think I know the answer because to this next question, because I think you've been talking about it. But beyond those things you've just mentioned, where do you think the payments industry as a whole is heading, say, in the next two to three years?
0: I think in the next two to three years, it's heading exactly towards the next wave from the in-store commerce wave to the online commerce wave to the M commerce wave to now the in-message connected commerce wave. I think it's heading that way. It's inevitable. I mean, it's just natural progress. The real question is who's going to put the pieces together and and enable businesses and enable consumers easier. And we do think that a multi-device, multi-channel, multi-tender solution is absolutely necessary.
1: Okay. Well, let's switch gears a little bit and talk about you. So you mentioned a little bit so far, but maybe tell us your journey to your role there as the chairman and CEO of OV Loop. So sort of maybe a high-level overview of some of the other companies you mentioned that you founded and what got you to where you are today.
0: So I naively got into the payments industry back in late 2001, early 2002. After I sold my company, the first one I I actually founded called EntitleNet, which was a security software company. So after I sold my security software company at that time, I thought, well, how hard could it be to build a mobile wallet? Now, mind you, this is late 2001. Now we're still carrying around feature phones. So I was very naive. But a friend of mine had a technology called virtual SIM that allows you to, you know, basically... Piggyback and put a little backpack. You open up, you know, the back of those phones, the feature phones, if you remember. You pull the battery apart. That's where you put the SIM card. We put a little flex strip in there and we basically, I uh, was able to put a little smart card reader backpack onto those phones. And we said, hey, why not create a mobile wallet where you can have card present transactions for people to send you a text message through the SIM toolkit command set. And do a card present transaction for ordering your airline tickets, for example. Well, sounds nice, but I was very naive to not understand how complex the payment industry was. And that you have the chicken and the egg problem where merchants don't care unless you have gobs and gobs of consumers. And consumers don't care unless you have lots of merchants accepting solutions. So you're stuck in the middle with that problem. So within four months of me diving in, not knowing anything about the payments industry... I knew enough that I said I better pivot, or else we're going to die. So we ended up changing from a two-sided platform solution back to a one-sided platform to say, "Hey, let's let's use this technology and create a mobile point of sale on, ba- on the back of these cell phones." This is Square before Square, basically. So from that company, that was called Way Systems, we ended up creating the world's first pocket-sized point of sale at a fraction of the size. And a fraction of the cost of mobile POS terminals at that time. If, if, if you remember, those were the days where um, you had the at eight thousand that uh, cost uh, eight hundred dollars, and we basically came in with a solution that cost two hundred fifty dollars. That uh, is a quarter of the size, and it was cool. So, but then the smartphone came along in two thousand and seven. By the way, that company ended uh, up was acquired by Verifone, and then when smartphones came along. We were going, well, why would you need a separate device? Why not just put a little plug-in dongle into the audio jack and create a point of sale using your existing smartphone? So that was the next company called Rome Data. So Rome Data, we became the largest white label solution provider for everybody that competed against Square at the time. And Greg, I think that was when you and I met at, uh, so that company was eventually acquired by Ingenico in 2012. So 10 full years later, after I had uh, exited that company, my business partner, George Walner, and I were sitting in Miami you know, just lamenting why 10 years after we first started, there was still no mobile wallet. So 2012, NFC was said to still be, you know it's been around for about 10 years, but still not widely accepted. And having been in the POS space, you know, I fully understood why and how hard it was to get merchant acceptance and change their POS terminal and so forth, even with regulations and, and the threat of, of higher interchange. So we decided, and George basically at that time says, I wonder if we could um, do a tap and pay on a Magstripe terminal. Could we induce without having to change the POS terminal? So we knew a lot about POS terminals at the time. So It was at that point that I said, hey, if we can make this happen, then we can build a mobile wallet. We can make something that works with existing point of sale, again, without having to solve the two-sided platform problem. You just focus on the consumer side this time. So George went to work in his lab, and lo and behold, he calls me up one day and said, hey, Will, we got the first transmission through. And so I dropped everything that I was doing. We started writing our IP, built our business plan, and we knew that no one was going to believe us. So we ended up having to not only prove the technology works, we had to build our own wallet, which was Pay. And we went and competed against you know, Apple Pay. And, and at that time, there was a company called SoftCard, and Google had Android Pay. And we ended up beating all of them. Based on Consumer's Report, we had a four and a half star rating. Uh, actually, by the time we got it into Samsung, eventually Samsung acquired us uh, to compete against Apple Pay, and we got that technology embedded into hundreds of millions of smartphones, Samsung phones. And they wanted me to become global co-GM of Samsung Pay, so I joined them, committed to them for three years, and helped launch Samsung Pay. And then that's what you know ended up leading me towards looking at what's happening in the world still and how a mobile wallet that works on one type of phone by itself or, or doesn't empower the consumer to store their own data and control their own data, we needed to do more. We needed to do to be more connected. And that's what inspired me to start OV Loop.
1: Okay, okay. Thanks for that overview. I appreciate it. Question, what are you passionate about? So maybe pick one work-related thing and one personal thing.
0: For work-related, I'm passionate about empowering people through technology. I mean, that's, to me, I think um, I've wandered in, onto this journey, and I'm still on this journey, frankly, and I feel like I have a lot more to, to contribute to do. But it's all about how do we empower people to maximize their own potential through the use of technology, whether it's in the fintech space, insure tech, mobility tech, energy tech. We're moving, societies moving onward, and I think that technology have a tremendous capability to allow each of us to be more productive, to be more efficient, and to gain more knowledge and understanding, and then contribute in our own unique ways to something that's greater than ourselves. So that's that's what I'm most passionate about from a work standpoint. And then from personal standpoint, I love my family and I'm very blessed to have uh, four wonderful children and a lovely wife and an extended family. And I'm fortunate to also have, have good friends. So um, being able to enjoy and spend time with them is terrific. And then I have a bunch of personal hobbies as well.
1: Okay. Okay. Well, well, we've covered a lot of ground so far around the company, the industry, and, and your personal journey.
0: Is there anything else you'd like to add before we wrap up? No, I'm just, uh, I'm just excited about the path that we're on. We know that the bigger the goal, the harder it is and, and, and truly not easy to find the right product market fit and get it out to market, and, you know, get the right distribution so a lot of the things that we've uh, learned along the way, and I'm ha- happy to be very fortunate to have a great group of people that are working at OV Loop as well as at Indigo. And people, many of them I've, I've worked with in the past, and, and some of them recently started working with and, and recently brought on the team. But I'm just very excited about working with these individuals on our joint mission.
1: Okay. Well, well, thank you so much for being on the show today. I know your time is very valuable, so I really appreciate you being
0: here. It's uh, my pleasure, Greg, and thank you for having me. Absolutely. And to all you listeners
1: out there, I thank you for your time as well. And until the next story.
0: Thank you for joining us this week on the Leaders in Payments podcast. Make sure you visit our website at leadersinpayments.com, where you can subscribe to the show and where you'll find our show notes. If you enjoyed listening, please share on your social channels as well.